Welcome to the Black Health Academy podcast. The Black Health Academy is an affordable membership site and community dedicated to eradicating chronic disease and illness in the black community. At the Black Health Academy, we teach you through master classes, nutrition, and physical movement how to make your health your number one priority. Be sure to visit theblackhealthacademy.com to get in on the conversation and join the community. I'll be your host, Ms. Lisa A. Smith and Black Health Academy founder, joined as always by my super dope co-host, Ms. Get Fit with Jack. Hello, everyone. <laughs> hey, girl. Man, did you see my Facebook post today? No. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so I go to the gym today, and I'm in like the, the room in the back where, you know, you have the, um, the ropes and you have the kettlebells and everything. I set my water down. And I'm exercising. I go back to my water, and I realize there's another drink sitting next to it. Okay. Guess what the drink was? Pop. Just as bad. It was a pink, brisk lemonade. And you know it's not real lemonade. Right, right. It was right, literally. So I turn it over. First, first of all, I don't know whose it is. I immediately take a picture. Right. Like, <laughs> I don't even care what you think about me taking a picture. <laughs> The fact that you're in the gym drinking a juice that's not even a real juice. Right. Full of sugar. So it was 60 grams of sugar. Um, artificial color. Artificial flavor. It was, I was like, I've never seen anyone do this before. Like, I, I will see someone with the, what they think is a healthy drink, like some Gatorade or something like that. And I'm like, that's not really healthy. But right. I've never seen someone come in the gym and just drink a flat out, just flat out. Unhealthy drink. Unhealthy drink. I was really shocked. I said, I've seen somebody drinking a... Um, one of those juices, like a, a Minute Maid juice or something like that. Yeah. I've seen that. Like, But I can understand out. how someone would think, oh, I'm drinking 100% Cranberry Minute Maid. I can understand why someone would think like, oh, okay, I'm doing the right thing. Or even if it's not 100%, they think cranberry juice is really, cranberry juice or orange juice is healthy for them. Right. There's no way you think this pink lemonade, is, there's no way you think that. Right. <laughs> right. You know. Right. No one has ever said, drink pink lemonade to help you with anything. You know, cranberry is supposed to help you with your urine and... Orange is supposed to help you with the cold, but pink lemonade, what? So did you figure out who the owner was? No, they never came back. It was halfway drunk, and I guess the person just left it. They never, and I don't know if I made them uncomfortable because I I just flat out took the picture. Like, I didn't, you know how usually you try to sneak. It was really like, picture, (laughs) let me read the sugar on this bad boy. (laughs) I had no, like, I don't care if you see me. I don't care who this is. I hope you see me. That was so crazy. What a nightmare. Um, it's crazy. You know, oh, you know what I think is so awesome? Um, the way you can make better choices. Because, you know, people are always talking about now how expensive fresh fruits and vegetables are. Mm-hmm. So if you have a bridge card, or now it's called the SNAP program, mm-hmm. they're offering basically to double any money that you spend on fresh fruits and vegetables. Really? So if you have a SNAP card or bridge card, if you go to the market and you buy $30 worth of fresh produce, when you go to check out and use your card, they're going to give you a coupon for $30 to come back and get another. That is amazing. Yeah, and I read that and I was like, now that's awesome. That's an initiative we can totally stand behind. 
So make sure you guys spread the word. Like if anybody has a snap card or if you pay somebody to use their snap card, <laughs> um, you can double your bucks by investing in healthier options. That I think is. that's so cool. No canned fruits and vegetables, no frozen. It has to be fresh produce. That's really good. That's really, I mean, that's an awesome deal. That really is. You know, so if I spend 50, so there's no excuses at this point. Absolutely not. First, we got to get them to the produce section. Uh, then there's no excuses. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Let's move into our driven segment. Um, our driven segment is our segment where Jay and I highlight an individual in the black community who has made an amazing contribution to health, wellness, and or medicine. And today we are honoring Dr. Marjorie Peebles Myers. She has an amazing story. and Super, um, super amazing. Super amazing. And so I was on campus today. So... Um, I think most of our listeners know, but I'm in school right now. I'm pre-med, and so I'm at Wayne State University in, in Detroit. And they had a symposium on campus today honoring Dr. Marjorie Peebles Myers um, because she was the first African-American woman to graduate from Wayne State University Medical School. Mm-hmm. And um, in 1943, to be exact. And, you know, I had never heard of her prior to this symposium. And it was so interesting to learn about her life. And she had so many firsts. Right. So I'm going to read really quickly a short bio of Dr. Marjorie Peebles Myers because she is incredible. And I'm like, wow. I hear about people like this. It's just always like. How are you so great? And how did you fly under the radar so long? Why exactly. didn't I know about you? Exactly. And it was really cool because the symposium, they called it um, they called it Hidden Figures. And so mm-hmm. they highlighted African-American physicians um, who made, like, these extreme contributions to medicine that are still living today. Like, a lot of them were at the symposium and they spoke and they just, you know, called it Hidden Figures. And I'm like, wow, so true. Like, mm-hmm. so much we don't know about our history. But Dr. Marjorie... Peebles Myers was born in 1915 in New York on October 6, 1915. Her father was a postal clerk and her mother was a seamstress. And in 1927, at the age of 12, she declared to them that she wanted to be a doctor. She was a stellar student with exceptional academic credentials. And she graduated from an all-girls public school for the academically gifted I know. When I read that, I was like, wow, she just came out the gate. Killing them. Yeah. Yep. So that uh, that gift, that academically gifted school was Hunter College in New York, and she got a degree in physics and chemistry in 1937. That, it, That's it the first way. Everything that I read was like, okay, 1937, really, physics. I mean, like, you know, because the cards were stacked against us. A hundred percent. Yeah. You know, people say now the man is holding But no, back then the man was really trying to hold you down. Absolutely. Like, yeah. Absolutely. And um, her her story really resonated with me because her first year of medical school in 1938 was at Howard University. And if anybody's heard me talk on this podcast, you know that my goal is to go to Howard University Med School in D.C. So she enrolled at Howard University Med School in Washington, D.C. But in 1939, she married um, a priest who was appointed to a church here in Detroit. And that's when she transferred to Wayne State University for a second year in med school. And then she graduated from Wayne State University in 1943, making her the first African-American woman to graduate from Wayne State University Med School. So following her graduation from med school, she was accepted into the internship and residency program at Detroit Receiving Hospital affording her the distinction of being the first African-American female to hold that position. And after completing her internship and residency, Dr. Peoples-Myers was then appointed as chief 
resident at Detroit Receiving Hospital in 1946, again, making her the first African-American to be appointed to this position. Not just woman, first African-American, period. I know. To be the chief resident at Detroit Receiving Hospital. Um, this is, I mean, I, it's, she is so phenomenal. So phenomenal. She, um, and this really, you know, it's, it's always a testament to what our obstacles are and how we or people around us in our environment makes a way to help us overcome them. Right. Because um, she actually, she was denied certain privileges at um, the private hospital, Detroit Hospital, because of her color. So another doctor and other white colleagues admitted her patients under their names but allow her to treat them. Wow. And I didn't see that. Yeah, yeah, that's my first time hearing that. Yeah, I, and I was like, wow. You know, even people who we assume to be the privileged of that mm-hmm. time, of mm-hmm. the community, you know, there are still good apples in that bunch, as we all know. And, you know, when another human just recognizes the gifts and the talents in another human. Right. Regardless of extenuating circumstances, laws and you know discrimination mm-hmm. and things we that we deem is out of our control people will root for you people will you know what i mean right and i think one of the things that makes that amazing is because people think that privileged people you know we automatically kind of turn our noses up but privileged people when they're the good you know they realize that they're privileged and they use it for and they use it for good 100 they don't deny that they're privileged they know yeah you know because you know with with i don't know if you heard the um Eminem Trump from yes Trump. yes and everybody was like you know he's getting away with that um, it's like white privilege because if it was a black rapper it mm. wouldn't it would be a hope exactly exactly he used his platform he used his privilege right he used his privilege and in case you guys don't know Eminem uh, the rapper did this uh, whole um, rap on uh, award show about Donald Trump and he just said all of the things that of why he was dysfunctional. And a lot of people were saying that, you know, he's a white rapper. That's why he got away with it. Um, not that a black rapper couldn't have done it, but the way that the media has been covering it and all of the things that has been going on behind it, they were saying because it's white privilege. And it, it is. And it is. Yeah. And, and it's next for the point, power of, yeah. Exactly. It's for our size. Team us. Team so, us. Yeah. A thousand percent. And, and not to mention, a, a black rapper has done it. It's, right. it's just that, oh, that's just our music. It's no, you know, right. it's no big deal. We talk about um these injustices all the time in our right. music there's so many conscious rappers we have right but you're right his privilege made it stand out more his audience is a little bigger because of his privilege in some realms mm-hmm. and, and yeah so shout out to eminem for um for using his privilege right so yeah back to her so the thing that got me <laughs> and you and i were talking earlier about was what the distinguished were you done saying her um the distinguished warrior title that she got from the urban league how do you do that how do you get two different they're almost like synonyms and antonyms like that's an antonym almost like it's, it's not synonymous like how do you put those two you have to be so amazing yes. to be a distinguished 
warrior. Yep. You have was... to handle yourself with so much grace and elegant and just have the hustle and the drive of like a lion. That is like, a, I mean, that is so impressive. It almost gives me chills. It Distinguished is. Distinguished warrior. I yep. was like, wow. I've never even heard that title. I before. had neither. I had never heard of it either, but she was awarded in 1986 the Distinguished Warrior Award from the Detroit Urban League amongst many other um, merits amongst, oh, yeah. over her lifetime. Um, and so if anyone is familiar or maybe interested in the future um, in attending Wayne State Medical School, the Wayne State Medical School Library is has actually is dedicated and named after her, and they have a, a picture and a small memorial about her history right there in the Schiffman Wayne State University Medical Library. So, uh, again, you know, Dr. Marjorie Peebles Myers was a trailblazer in in medicine and for us and you know it it really 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 gives you a lot of hope because i have to be honest you know this semester is really tough with me launching the black health academy with me still running professionally fit and taking two difficult classes i've had my moments of doubts like can i keep up this level of intensity in this workload you know, am I going to have to sacrifice something? And then I put myself in environments like today with this symposium honoring her and all the doubt sheds so That's quickly, yeah. so quickly. Cause I'm like, how could I not? Mm-hmm. How can I not? Like right. I'm complaining over this one class, right? This organic chemistry. And I, is this really going to be what takes me out? No. Yeah. It's, it's this song, this rapper, I'm sure you don't know. You've probably never heard us. Kendrick Lamar. Don't judge has, my musical. I'm not, ju- ju- I'm not, ju- I, I do know is, Kendrick Lamar. I, but you probably don't know the song. What's the song? DNA. How I go. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't nobody know song titles. Don't play me with a song title. You tried to, you don't, up. you don't know, you don't listen to, come on. Let's not pretend you know rap and, and listen to radio. Anyway, so it's this song by him that I every time I like get tired when I'm working out or when I when anything that I'm doing where I'm feeling like you know what I don't have it in me to do it. It's a song. Called, don't try to Google it. I'm either. not googling it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play it on for the people. They might not know either. But it's called DNA, and it, basically he's just saying all the things that he has in his DNA. And it's like, I have all this and this and this and that in my DNA. And I just feel so pumped up every time I hear it. Because if you think about our history and how much we have just overcome and who our ancestors are and how much they had to do just to even get, you know, a, a meal and, and, and they got separated from their kids and yes. look where we are today. It's like, you can't do 20 more push-ups. You can't apply for this. You can't, you know, get up at 5 a.m. like and meditate like you said. You can't cook this dinner even though you said you was tired. You have all this in your DNA. Like, we... We are, that's our history. Yep. You know, it runs through our bloodlines. Yep. It's in our hard drive. So, yeah, my, you know, this driven set, I mean, I think every week or every time we do this, I'm just going to feel like, yeah, this is, <laughs> this, this is why I must accomplish. But, yeah, I definitely, I felt, you know, inspired. And I recently learned the difference of um, inspire and inspiration and, and being motivated, mm-hmm. you know. And I don't know if I read it in a, in a blog or if I heard it in a podcast or, or what I heard it in. Mm-hmm. But it, it's it's intrinsic. Oh, the Model Health Show. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. The Model Health Show. Oh, when yeah. he was talking about 
inspiration being intrinsic. Right. You see something and then you decide this is this is something that I can do because of this uh, this is my why versus oh I'm motivated for for a minute and you motivation feel is up. fleeting. It's fleeting. Yeah, right. And, so yeah, inspiration stays with you. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, thank you, Dr. Marjorie Peoples Myers, for your contribution to medicine to Black health, and for helping us realize that it's possible. You know, if you did it in 1937 and 1943, and all the way through 1986, then there's no reason why we can't do it today. Absolutely. And whatever that goal may look like for you, maybe you're just trying to lose 10 pounds, maybe you're trying to get off hypertension medication, you know, maybe you're trying to be more financially sound, maybe you're trying to up level in your career but it's in your DNA. And so just know that this driven segment, we don't want you to just learn history. We want you to know that these individuals did it and so can you. Absolutely. Stay driven. Stay driven. And now, wait, wait what? what? Wait, what is our segment where Jay and I identify something we either saw, heard, or experienced in the last week that made us go, wait, wait what? what? Mine is super quick. Um... They're putting cheese on t- in tea now. <laughs> Why do you always do this? Like, girl, I ain't really got to wait what. And then you hit me with they putting cheese in tea. Yep. Who's doing that? Why are they doing it? So, Is it legal? Do the people that's getting the tea know what's in the tea? So many questions. A hundred percent. So it's over, it started over in Taiwan and it moved over into China and now it's here in the U.S. There's a couple places out in Los Angeles that sells it. So you get like a jasmine tea or a green tea or a oolong tea and they put whipped cheese on top, like a topping. Like you would get whipped cream, but it's whipped cheese. I feel sick. I really feel sick. I was like, wait, what? I feel really sick. I was getting my hair braided like last week and because, you know, that's usually the only opportunity I get to watch TV if it's at a gym or at a salon or something. And the young ladies on one of those daytime television shows, they were sitting on a panel and she was drinking it. She was like, this is cheese tea and it's so hot in America right now. And it's not like, she's trying to make it, like it's not like shredded cheese, guys. It's whipped cheese on top of your tea. I am so nauseous just thinking about that. Wait, what? We throwing dairy in the tea now? Now, we've all heard of chai tea where you put what chai tea is uh, redundant. It's just chai. But where you add milk to your tea? Have you you've heard of that, right? Yeah, but you know, <laughs> I mean, you you are you had already settled into that. But yeah, so now they're putting cheese on top of tea, whipped cheese. I can't. I can't. It's like you know, we just keep getting more and more creative with getting people just obese and overweight and sick and addicted to food. Like, oh, you know. If cream and sugar wasn't enough, let's add your other addiction, which is cheese. And it's so funny because when um, I when I did the at the speaking engagement, and they were saying like, you know, well, what do you eat because you don't eat, you know, cheese and and you don't eat, um, you know, dairy and stuff like that. And I had to tell them, oh, you're gonna show me my first time trying oh, cheese bro. tea. Look at this picture. It's actually whipped cheese. I, I want to look at. It. I can't even look, watch people eat yogurt. I can't even, or, or put cream cheese on their bagel. Like, I can't even, it just really disgusts me. But on a, on, on tea, yep. something that's absolutely, it doesn't even go together. Not to you. Ugh. But it's a hit over in some Asian countries, and apparently uh, it's, it's crossed over. It's crossed the ocean, and um, here in the States, you can get cheese tea now. I cannot. I'm so sick of this dairy. 
I'm so sick of yeah, it. Yeah, but like I was telling them, you have to go to, um, I'm like, I go to Mediterranean restaurants. I go to ethnic restaurants. I go to, I was like, basically, I don't eat American food. <laughs> I'm going to keep it real. Unless, you know, I'm going to the grocery store getting the produce. Like, But as far as a restaurant, no. You, I have to, because we are the, we, we, we love sugar, fat, dairy, all that stuff. Yeah, that's us. Yep. So, my weight what? Did you know that there was a type 3 diabetes? I know they were at one point talking about calling Alzheimer's type two, type three diabetes. Man, now uh, you not even. Sh- I was so shocked. That's what it is, Alzheimer's. It's not. No, it's not Alzheimer's. Oh, it's, it's yeah. It's in relation to that. Okay. But when basically when type two diabetes gets so out of control that it because they say sixty percent of the people with type two diabetes it leads to Alzheimer's, and now they want to call it type 3 diabetes because it's directly related to insulin resistance. Yep. And that's why they have dementia because of the sugar yep. and the and the fluctuation of your blood levels. I was like, wait, what? Yep. Like, this is getting out of control. Oh, yes. And, 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 and people do not understand how dementia and Alzheimer's, it, it's not something that just happens because of age. You, you are laying the foundation right now of your quality of life, you know, 10, 15, 20 years from now. I have to tell my older clients all the time with sugar addictions, like, listen to me, this literally leads directly, like there is no detour. This sugar leads directly to Alzheimer's and dementia. Directly. I didn't know. Yep. I mean, I've heard it. I've heard, because you know how we think sugar is the devil and it leads to everything. But I've never had it, like, confirmed that, you literally get this all these years down the line. You know, usually it's like, okay, in two years you might have uh, diabetes or yep. you might have. But no, like 20 years from now, keep doing that. 20 years from now, absolutely. you might. I said that is crazy. And it's very, and I feel, you know, bad because it's very hard to stay conscious of that connection. Right. Because it's such a long ways away. You know, 15, 20 years is such a long ways away. So it's one of those things where you're knowledgeable of it, but you're not conscious of it. Exactly. If you, you still, somebody told you, yeah, of course I know, you know, me exercising now or, you know, moving my hips now will make them stronger and I won't, you know, break a hip later. But when you just get back into the groove of everyday life, it can be very difficult for people to consciously maintain that. Um, that's why, you know, that's the statistic of only 80% of people succeed in weight loss still remain so strong because people know it's just so hard to change. Speaking of hip, man, did you know one of my biggest fears is hurt, breaking my hip or hurting my hip? No, I did not know that. Man. Why do you have such a big fear of breaking your hip? In my mind, you say ain't no de- it's no detour. When you break your hip, you hurt your hip, you get hip surgery, you go to a nursing home to recover, you never come out. That's, that's just it. Everybody in the nursing home was in there because they hurt their hip. I promise. Really? Like, like 80%. Like wow. They have a, um, oh, I was supposed to be walking with this cane, but I didn't want to use it. Fail. Hip. They, they never come. Once you hurt, you done for. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, we will say this. You know, your bones become more fragile with the more dairy you consume. Right, because Definitely. that high amount of the calcium concentration and animal protein concentration in that dairy re- forces your body to extract calcium from your calcium stores, and it actually makes your bones more fragile. 
So you're plant based, you're dairy free, you okay. are, you exercise regular regularly. I didn't know I was gonna have to dive into an impromptu coaching session, but listen, you you was ready. Go you, ahead. <laughs> you are not as at higher risk of a hip break being you know permanently oh, changing man. your life as the average person who eats a certain way oh, okay. and who Thank is sedentary. You. My nephew was at the apple orchard and we were taking a picture. And we were like a little, like I had to climb up to like this wagon and the kids just jumped down and I was like, where, where can I climb? He was like, oh, oh, Miss Fit, Auntie, I thought, I was like, oh baby, I don't play that. I can't, no. I don't jump. No, I don't jump. <laughs> Jay, I got to have on the right Matter shoes. Matter of fact, you the need right. to be, you, you, you still do plyometrics though. I still do it, but it's, you know in how they say, in a controlled <laughs> environment. I don't know how, there might be a rock pebble on that. No. You ain't going to just spring a jump on me. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> I don't have nothing to prove to nobody. But you know what? This is a fine time to mention, too, before we get into our weight loss formula, too, with regard to hips, because I emphasize hips a lot during um, my personal training sessions with clients because we don't move laterally in real life, yeah, right? Definitely. We only move front to back. So you have to intentionally move laterally in a controlled environment because in real life, you're walking front to back. You stay in one plane. Mm-hmm. And so I make sure I incorporate lateral lunges, you know, high knees where your knees are turned out, mm-hmm. you know, or marching where your knees are turned out, swinging. I have clients with some really tight hips, and it's really important to intentionally work on it. Absolutely. Because you don't just automatically have good balance. You don't just automatically have good coordination. And you don't just automatically have strong hips. Like, those are, like, the small things people don't think about when they're working out. They just, like, lift. They do cardio. But you don't think about, like, being intentional about some stuff that you don't normally work in real life. Yeah. And hips is definitely one of them. Absolutely. Working so, in a nursing home has definitely changed my perception on how important your hips are to you. Yeah, a hip, a hip break will take you out the game if you're old and fragile. And so avoiding that dairy is powerful. And the intentional hip work in the gym is powerful. Yep. Okay. Yep. Let's get into our weight loss formula. We have constructed a phenomenal formula for you guys um, to jumpstart your weight loss journey. Like we mentioned before, the statistic never gets old. 80% of people who try to lose weight don't succeed. That's the bottom line of it, right? And that needs to change because the African-American community is the most obese demographic in the country. You know, um, we're over 50% times more likely to be obese and or overweight Um, If you're a member of the Black Health Academy, you know our first masterclass I did was on obesity specifically and, you know, the implications of obesity as well. You know, being overweight is not just a thing. I like like to call it a gateway disease. Right. Being obese or overweight lays the foundation for potentially so many other chronic diseases, both physical and mental. And so it's very, very important to stay on top of it. And, and I wanted to address because, you know, I haven't said an analogy in a while. <laughs> what? Can, can I get in it? Please. Okay. Cue the analogy. Your analogies <laughs> literally make my day. All right. So we always talk about the absence of disease does not mean the presence of health. You know, the absence of a diagnosis does not mean the presence of health. You don't just get to be healthy by default. So, why, you know, because people see... I'm not going to use an analogy. It's not. It's not. Good. It's not ready yet. Okay. Still similar. <laughs> but yeah. But I don't know. You know how you see a person smoking like a pack a day. Uh huh. And we know that's super bad for them. They don't have lung cancer yet. 
they may never get it, but you know that's super unhealthy for them, right? Yes. So why they don't have they haven't been diagnosed. You can see where I'm going with this. Like people will see that and be like, wow, you don't need to do that. That's bad for you. That's unhealthy for you. You have to be doing damage. But why is that not correlated with being overweight? Or just, just eating a whole bunch of junk food, like, that has to be bad for you. You're damaging this and you're da- Why does it take a diagnosis? Like, you know, it's not just a gateway. You're actually sick right now, is right. what I'm saying. Right. It just hasn't presented itself. Right. It, uh, extreme enough. Because, you're right, it hasn't presented itself um, to the level of severity that will push you into action. Or because put, your knees still hurt diagnosis. when you wake up. Right. But but you, you know, all I got to do is warm them up. All I got to do is walk. All I got to do is stretch. And my knees will be fine. Right? You have trouble getting in and out of a car. You, you know, have trouble feeling comfortable but in your own skin. what if you don't feel any of that thing? What if you're just a, a, a 25-year-old, you know, just eating Coney Island every day, or even, a, you know, a 40-year-old eating Coney Island every day, Popeye's chicken, you know, a whole bunch of dairy, and you you don't know. I think the problem is, even though you don't feel that illness, you don't know how good you're supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, you have no idea how good you're. So even though you don't feel bad, because you've been slowly, slowly declining. Yes. So I say all that to say, not only is it not just the gateway, you you are actually, like, in, in a position where something is going on inside you, you may not know, but if you aren't intentionally working on, you know, improving your health, you are unintentionally working on it being on a decline. Like you said, the last podcast. Yeah, absolutely. It's an intentional practice. It it really, truly is. Um, Let's delve into our weight loss formula, Jay. So we, our weight loss formula is called CHANCE, right? And this, it's an acronym, and we're going to go through each letter and pay close attention because... Um, these literally are the tools that we've personally used to not only lose weight, but maintain it because losing weight, it, no one will believe me, but losing weight is actually the easiest part. No one will believe you. Yeah. But the maintenance of it, the maintenance of it is most by far the most difficult part. Right. But you don't realize that till you've already lost the weight. So we completely understand we're not minimizing the work that it takes in the beginning, but let's delve into chance. This is our weight loss formula. Number one, C. The first C in chance stands for collaborate. Collaborate. Listen, this is a flat out wake up call. I can pretty much, I will pretty much put money on the fact that this is not your first time trying to lose weight, right? You've probably tried many, numerous times before today. Or fat. You know how someone will be. Not, they don't want to lose weight, but they want they want to get rid of that belly. Right. Whatever your yeah. goal is, this ain't your first time trying. Right. right? You've yeah. probably tried diets, detoxes, workout regimens. You've mm-hmm. probably had gym memberships, brought, you know, workout classes, bundles of workout classes. This is not your first time trying. So the first Absolutely. C in chance stands for collaborate, meaning what? You're not strong enough to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. So up until this point, your mistake has maybe has been thinking that it's the formula or the method right. that you're using. But in actuality, it's the end user, mm-hmm. right? Because all, all those things you've tried have worked for many other people. And that's probably why <laughs> right. you've tried them. Right. Because you've seen people be successful on Weight Watchers. You've seen people be successful in that high-intensity kickboxing class. You know, mm-hmm. you've watched these people do these 10 or or 21-day detoxes and be successful. So you've tried it, right? Mm -hmm. Because we go by what our peers have done. But the issue is that it's not 
the method, it's you. Mm-hmm. So this first C in CHAN stands for collaborate, meaning it's time to bring in extra help. Now, what does that collaborate look like, though? Oh, that can look like so many different things. I'll tell you what it better not look like. What? It should not look like nobody that's on the same level as you. That collaborate <laughs> don't mean, girl, you've been worth trying to lose 30 pounds. I've been trying to lose 30 pounds. Let's do this together. That's the worst collaboration you could ever have. <laughs> Drop the mic. I don't know if I agree with that. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if I agree with that. Because sometimes the person that looks like you may be more motivated than you. You know? So, like, if they look just like you, but where their head is at, you know, just like Tracy, your client Tracy. She looked just like all of her girlfriends. And if they would have stuck with Tracy, they would have been. Where would they be right now? If they would have stuck with Tracy, they would be 100 pounds down. Over. Yeah, but here's the thing. Who did Tracy do it with? Oh, yeah, that's true. Nobody. Because she, Tracy, had... Oh, my God. A handful of people who was like, girl, I'm about to start coming with you. I'm going to come pick you up. Tracy doesn't have a car. Tracy has to take a bus to the gym. This is my client, guys, who's lost over 140 pounds. And so many people have been like, just show me what to do. Because, you know, you lose over 100 pounds. You a local celebrity, right? Right. (laughs) Yeah. And so everybody's, like, following her on Instagram and Facebook. And at the gym, she has – she's a regular because she's there, like, six, five or six days a week. And so everybody's like, tell me what to do. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do it. You know, and they try to collaborate with her. And inevitably, everybody falls off. Everybody has fallen off. And so what if Tracy – she could she decided to stay on her own path, but she could have literally like, okay, I'll wait for you to come pick me up instead of me taking a bus. And then people never come or they come two hours late. And Tracy was like, no. Right. Now when people offer her a ride, she's like, oh, no, I'll already be at the gym. Why don't you just meet me there? Ooh, she just catches it. the bus, right? So I don't know. I don't Collaborations with people who are on your same level to me is almost like the blind leading the blind. Right. So, and I'm not saying they don't work, because you and I killed the game, you know what I mean? Right. But I think more a better collaboration is somebody who's on a level above you or higher. Right. Okay. I can roll. I can, I can see that. Because, yeah. like we said earlier, only 20% really, we, you know, we made it. We made it. <laughs> but most people, they don't. And so, to get with someone on the same level with you, y'all probably won't make it together unless, like you said, you get someone higher. So, yeah, I, agree. I mean, you somebody in somebody in that collabo would have to have. I'm talking about non-negotiable determination, mm-hmm. you know, and right. that's rare because oftentimes, especially in the beginning, y'all both kind of weak. Y'all got y'all weak spots, and God forbid, y'all have the same weak spot. Mm-hmm. And so, a collab, a, a a good collaboration to me looks like either hiring a coach. Right. Or collaborating with someone who has literally already lost a significant amount of weight. You know, it just out organic chemistry. I was in a tutoring session. I wasn't in a tutoring session, but it's like this little study class. Um, so it's a bunch of students in the class. Yes. Just yesterday. And a girl sitting behind me was seeming like she was understanding a lot of the concepts and uh-huh. everything. Right. And she was, you know, you know, really understood the work and the problems. And so as soon as this class was over, I turned to her and I was like, I need you to tutor me. Bottom line. And she started laughing like I was joking. <laughs> we had our first session a day. <laughs> I'm going to need you to unbuck your eyes. Bro. Listen, I had to form a collaboration. I said, because at first 
I was talking to people who didn't understand either. Right. Right. And we sitting there together trying to put our heads together and figure it out. Right. Now, what sense does that make? I had to ask myself. I said, no, Lisa, you got to up level on this collabo. So I turned to her yesterday. Like I literally spied on people. I watched how they answer questions. Did the teacher agree with them? And I went in like a lion. Like I was like, I need you to tutor me. First session was today at 1130. Our next one is tomorrow at 12. I'm not playing. I said, wow. it's no way. I'm about to sit here and watch and see who who's, got the information. Who's winning out here? Right. And they put them on my team. And so, I don't know. My belief in collaborations are it needs to be somebody who is seriously on that next level. Well, this is like networking events. You know, you, you sitting yeah. there networking with everybody who's trying to make Everybody just started their company in the last three months. Why are we exchanging information here? You know? Yeah, I remember when you discovered that. Like, yeah. I'm not doing this no more. Yeah, I need to be in a room with no offense because, you know, I but I need to be the lower level in the room right now based on where I am in my career or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, the first C in our CHANCE acronym is collaboration. You've tried so many times by yourself already. That is the method that's not working. It wasn't the paleo diet. It wasn't the plant-based diet. It right. wasn't that gym that was too far or closed too early. It wasn't that detox plan that that didn't fit you. It was you. <laughs> so plain, plain and simple. simple. All right. The H in chance is high intensity interval training. Did I make that up? High-intensity interval training is that H in chance. So that is our next hit. So high-intensity interval training. Yeah, so that's what I've been doing lately. Um, I've been really, like, just killing it. I mean, killing it. And I literally be feeling like I want to die. If that, <laughs> if that helps anybody, if you feel motivated by that, have at it. But um, it's just based on my, you know, my level. But on, you know, any level, beginner um, intermediate, whatever you, wherever you are, it is, it, it burns, cal- not burns calories, but it keeps your, um, what am I trying to say here? It burns, it keeps, it speeds up your metabolism. Oh yeah. Like long after your workout. So once, you know, when you do steady state, it burns calories while you're doing it. But once you're done with hit, I think it says it burns calories like an hour after you've already completed your workout. Mm-hmm. So it continues. So if you keep doing that eventually, because you can change your metabolism, like you literally, people say, I got slow metabolism. It doesn't have to be that way. You can speed it up. You can rev it up. And that's the perfect way to do it as well as other things. But that's the perfect way to do it. Yeah. So when you do high intensity interval training, um, also called HIT, H-I-I-T, what that is exactly is that's you alternating between a lower level and a higher level of exercise, specifically cardiovascular exercise. Right. So we always use the treadmill for an example. You might walk at a three and then you might jog at a five. And this is for short periods of time. So you might walk for one minute, but then you jog for 30 seconds and you go back and forth between those two speeds for you know, 15, 20 minutes. The key with high intensity interval training is that it doesn't take 45 to 60 minutes because right. you're operating on such a higher level of intensity that you technically should not be able to go that long. If you can go that long on hit, then you're doing it wrong. That means your intensity is actually not high enough. So the goal is to get your heart rate up into the 90th percentile for a few seconds at a time, bring it back down during a short rest period, shoot it back up. 
and your 90th percentile means that your max heart rate is the number 220 minus your age. The number 220 minus your age. So a 40-year-old person, their max heart rate would be 180. So 90% of 180 is the zone you want to be in during the intense portion of the HIIT training. Right. Unless you're already in shape. Like, I always have to adjust my... And go higher. And go higher. Right. Because it's like, no, this is a little, you know. But, yeah, so it de- it works. It's um, I, I get it done in, like, 10 minutes. And can, I can go out with the rest of my workout instead yes. of doing 30 minutes of steady state and then eventually tapping into the muscle that you're trying to tone. Because if you, you know, you do steady state too long, then it has, a you know, the, the adverse thing that you're trying to avoid. Right. Long bouts of cardio actually breaks down muscle. Right. So if depending on what your goals are, if your goal is to really, really see a lot of definition in your body as that fat peels off then long bouts of cardio um, is your enemy, right? Is not your best friend. You want to be doing short bursts of cardio so you can maintain your muscle mass while simultaneously working off that extra fat. Um, I've been doing hit on a Stairmaster lately with no hands. Is it getting easier? Uh, No. (laughs) No, yeah, it is getting easier. Um, I've been alternating between like, I've been alternating from like between level, I think, I do level like eight or nine for like my low level. And then I shoot up to like anywhere between like level 16 to 20 for my, for my high intensity, uh, sprint and and, and sprinting on the, uh, Stairmaster. If you don't die is, um, (laughs) I was just about to say it's death. You don't need to to continue that. It's running up the stairs essentially. And again, I'm not using hands. Right. So I'm kind of running and praying, you know, at the same time type of thing. Oh my God. But it's the best high intensity interval training ever on the Stairmaster. Just, and whatever you can do, like your two levels might be four and eight, you know, it just wherever you are also though, with high intensity interval training, you should be working at a level of intensity where after a few weeks, like maybe two weeks, you should be up leveling. The goal is not to stay the same. So even if you're doing low intensity training guys, you want to make sure that you're increasing, you're progressing. You shouldn't still be walking at a two or a three after three or four weeks of consistent work. So high intensity interval training is designed to help you burn a lot of fat without breaking down your muscle, help to increase the rate of your metabolism by inducing what's called EPOC, EPOC, exercise post oxygen consumption, meaning you can still burn calories up to 24 hours after your workout. Um, And then also it helps to train your endurance. So if you do 20 minutes of high intensity interval training, like for three weeks straight, a couple days a week, and then you try and just do a regular jog for 40 minutes, you're going to, it's going to feel so easy. And that's exactly what you want. You're training up your lungs and heart to perform Mm -hmm. at a certain level. Absolutely. Yes. So high intensity interval training is number two in our weight loss formula. The A in chance, number three. Appreciate. Appreciate. This is a biggie too. This is huge. (laughs) Very huge. It. The reason it's huge is because so many people, even if you get the collaboration down, (laughs) the high, you know, the hit down, and then even if you get a couple pounds down, we kind of skip over the appreciate and go right to the next thing. And what we what we mean by appreciate is the small thing. Appreciate 
anything that you did to enhance your health, your fitness goal, anything that you've done. For instance, I'm going to give you an example of like just celebrating the small victories, just celebrating and appreciating the fact that you took got into the driver's seat of your of your health. And because, for instance, if your goal is 10 pounds and you don't see the scale move, but yet you didn't go out with your girlfriends and eat that crap. Or even if you did and you said no to the to the wing things that you normally get, appreciate that. That's a step in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Or if you're, 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 you know, your job is throwing this big thing and you know they're throwing it and you know how weak you are for free food and you decide to bring your lunch because you know that if you don't bring it, that you will eat whatever they have. And while everyone else is eating all that stuff, you ate your lunch. Celebrate that. If you decided, you know what, I'm going to go to the gym four days this week, I'm not going to miss a day, and you actually do it, celebrate that. Before you even see any pounds, or if the pounds doesn't match what your expectation were, but you've been doing everything you need to do, celebrate that because that's rare. You know, we look for these big things, like you want to say, I lost five pounds, but you're not there yet. But you've accomplished something that many people have not accomplished, so you have to appreciate that. Yeah, 100%. It is so important to celebrate the micro wins. Think about how often we minimize our accomplishments because it's not the big accomplishment yet. You have to celebrate those micro wins. Otherwise, you'll look up and literally be down 30 pounds and not even proud. Like, I've had people like that. Like, yeah, but my goal is 100 pounds. Like, no matter what the big goal is, they can never celebrate the steps it took to get there. And that can be really, really sabotaging to yourself and to your journey. And so this A in chance is definitely stands for appreciate because it is impossible to get to 50 pounds lost if you haven't lost five first, right? It's impossible to get down to a size eight pants if you haven't gotten down to the 10. You know, it doesn't matter that you're coming from a 22 or a 16. You have to learn how to appreciate and celebrate those micro wins. If not, you're going to definitely, definitely minimize your journey and get into the habit of accepting those compliments and acknowledgments for people. Don't put, you know, addendums and small prints on those compliments, right? If somebody notices the hard work you've been doing or if somebody noticed, you know, you skipped the free donuts two days in a row and they acknowledge that, don't say, yeah, but I still got so much to lose. Don't say, oh, yeah, but I still have so far to go. Say thank you. And that's the end of the sentence, right? Um, We complain when people talk bad about us or say bad things about us. And then we complain when people say good things about us and acknowledge our progress. So don't be that person. Learn how to appreciate the micro wins. Absolutely. I remember when, um, you know, I was thinking about what I've accomplished with clients and things like that. And I was like, you know, someone was like, I know you're so proud of yourself. I know you, you know, feel like really really just proud of yourself i can't believe you're doing this and you're doing that and i'm like i didn't do anything i'm Mm. like my family's not healthy i I tried to get my sister to lose weight she haven't 
And I, I never took the time to step back and was like, you helped this person lose weight. You convinced all these people at your job to, like, not appreciating the small. And I'm not going to even say small. But when you don't get what you want, what you when your eyes is on the prize, right? Even things that are major seem small. Yeah, they really are. They really do. So, so it's not even nothing is small when it comes to taking a step in the right direction because everything matters. Like every single thing you do matters. There, there is really no such thing as small in the big picture. They matter because if you would have skipped that step, who's to say you would even got to the next step? To even have, you know, to even hit that end goal. Exactly. And it, it goes right back to what you said um, on the last episode about people don't celebrate, you know, a certain win because it's not the win they were after. Exactly. You know, so, yeah, you wanted to, you know, lose weight in your stomach. But like you said, your skin is clearing up and your legs are slimmed down because you change your diet and you're working out regularly regularly and they're like yeah but my stomach right <laughs> about you know the about original that. plan right right like hey you've given up dairy for two weeks and you you know you have more energy now when your mm-hmm. back pain has gone away yeah but my stomach exactly you know yeah. and so really really and this is really a practice in self-development but working on learning how to appreciate those accomplishments um in your own life and when other people notice you know as well okay the next letter in chance is n and that should be obvious mm. this is the one of the most critical components to weight loss and that is nutrition man <laughs> we should have just started off with the end yeah we just gonna spell <laughs> chance backwards we uh it's called enhance <laughs> this is gonna take a big chunk i mean how do you even break this down Listen, let's just, it's very simple. You know, I think you've said this plenty of times, you know what you shouldn't be, be doing, right? right? Everybody usually starts off with nutrition trying to figure out what they should be doing. But let's address the things that you know for sure. With absolute certainty. With absolute certainty. If you're a pop drinker, you know pop ain't good for you. Let's just start. Let's so if let's. you love cookies, you know cookies are not good for you. Your yeah. midnight chip habit not good for you right eating your early morning donut and coffee with three sugars habit right and if you just start there and like i was trying to explain before once you get invested into doing what you're you know stop doing what you aren't supposed to do naturally you're going to start doing things you should do it's going to come into it like everything we didn't start the way we were we started saying okay you know what we're going to stop doing this first right and then we started learning and gradually when it became like, okay, from now on, I'm going to try to be healthy. It didn't start with, I'm going to, I know all the things to do. Right. It just started with, okay, I know I shouldn't be doing this. I'm going to stop that. And then we learned more and more and more and more of what to do because it comes naturally once you're invested. Yes. And good habits multiply. Just like with money, when you're investing in the stock market, your key is compound interest. That's how you get rich compound interest so what does that mean you know you should be working out more like you know movement is is a part of this thing right Right. so just start moving and then what will happen you will start compounding on that and you will start doubling you know tripling quadrupling your efforts to do more good 
Right. You know what I mean? Just by naturally it's starting natural. what, yeah. So you like, okay, I know fruits and vegetables is redundant, but I know that's healthy for me. So let me just include a vegetable and or fruit at every single meal. What does that do? That makes less room for the bad, right? I'm going to start even on my plate. I'm going to physically start with the vegetables first. I'm going to fill up on those first as much as I can. I'm going to use smaller plates and, you know, reduce my portion sizes. Just start with something small and you'll, that compound interest, you'll compound on those good habits. And when the Mm -hmm. student is ready, the teacher will appear. So don't worry about what you don't know. Just start with what you know without a shadow of a doubt. You you know what your demon is. If sugar is your demon, if overeating is your demon, if if emotional eating is your demon, you know. Um, start where you are and then reroute yourself right back to... You know you don't drink water. Exactly. Like, not necessarily you drink too much pop, but you know you aren't even drinking water. Right. Maybe you just uh, had two cup cup of coffee in the morning and you look up, you haven't drank anything for the past six or seven hours. Right. So you know water, you're deficient in that area. right? Right. So with nutrition, it can be overwhelming. You know, there is a lot to learn as you go, but the thing is, is you got to get on the road. Like, you gotta, you gotta, you I know. I like that, you know, when the student is ready to teach real peer, that is definitely true how the, it would just, it almost fall on your lap. 100%. You it gotta would, make really yourself available will. though. Mm-hmm. Right? What they say, you know, people want to help somebody who's already pushing the the vehicle, the, the broke down vehicle. Not nobody who's just, drama, right. right, not nobody who's just leaning on the car right. like, help me, you know? <laughs> yeah. You have to already be in motion and you're more attractive to those of us who want to help. And my thing is, what am I helping if you haven't started anything? Mm-hmm. It's not called help. You haven't gotten anything. What is the help? Help, it means you've gotten something started, and now I'm jumping in to assist you with what you got started. Right. No one can do it for you. No. So start whatever on your own, at whatever level you are on your own, and, you know, the help will come. The help uh, for sure will come. So definitely the fourth um, method in our weight loss formula is nutrition. It, it's a huge component. It cannot be avoided. There's absolutely no way around it. You cannot outwork a bad diet. You cannot outrun a bad diet. Your diet is essential and key and not just for weight loss, but for eternal health. You hear me? Not just weight loss. So for those of you who are listening who are at a healthy weight, this still 100% applies to you because you can be you can be a healthy weight and compare it to a person that's overweight, metabolically on paper, you guys could look just alike. Mm-hmm. On paper, you could still have an unhealthy amount of body fat in your body. You could both still have hypertension. You can both still have type 2 diabetes. So this isn't just about weight. This is about health. And nutrition is by far the key to health. So please take it very seriously. And again, go back to step one with collaborate if you feel like you need a little help in that area. But again, start with you what you know for sure. Absolutely. Okay, the next C in chance is consistency. That's, oh my gosh, that's a biggie about everyone. That's another biggie. Consistency. That's another, yeah, definitely, because it's almost, it's not subjective, but people tend to think it is. Right. Their version of consistency is not my version of consistency. When really consistency is consistency. If you are not doing this, like, not necessarily day in or day out, but doing whatever is needed. And it, and you can go on in, you can Google, I mean, it, the information is out there. You know how often you, you need to do whatever you need to do to get the results. And if you aren't doing it, 
at the rate that it's supposed to be done, you will not get the results that you are supposed to achieve. 100%. That is just that simple. Well, yeah, I did it, you know, but I ain't had time this week. Your body doesn't care about your, your, your work schedule or anything like that. If you want to, if your desire is, if your end goal is this thing, then you have to make a way consistently. Yes. You know, I often hear, so you know, people giving themselves these props, and I know we talked about appreciate, but be realistic as well. Mm -hmm. Be realistic with what you've actually been doing. Have you really? I've been working out. Have you really? Or have you just worked out? Have you been eating right? Or did you just eat right that day? Like consistency, it doesn't matter that you ate right Monday. If Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you decided that you're just going to, you know, hold off on that and go back to your old ways, you won't get any results. You won't. Your good needs to significantly outweigh your bad, right? So that we're, we're, you know, not under the illusion that you're just going to all of a sudden stop all your unhealthy habits. However, this is not, I repeat, this is not about balance. We do don't want balance. We want your good to heavily outweigh your bad. And we want your good to consistently outweigh your bad. And that is the goal here. So consistency with that exercise, consistency with a cleaner diet, and consistency with your mindset, your belief system about whether or not this thing is even possible. Because we all have those mental days, too, where we're not right. consistent. We have those days where we like, I'm capable of anything. It's in my DNA. You know I'm killing it. Then we have those days where we like, oh, my God, I'm not doing enough. I'm right. not great. I'm not smart enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not capable. And so your physical fitness depends upon your consistency and your psychological and emotional fitness depends upon your consistency with me, which means you have to find, figure out what your gem for your mind is going to be, right? So you might have your LA fitness or, you know, gym membership, but what's your gym for your mind? Like, where do you go to be psychologically fit? Okay. What does that look like for you? Is that, do you go to meditate? Do you do breathing exercises? Do you go to yoga? Do you journal? Do you read? You know, what do you do to stay psychologically fit? So that consistency needs to be across the board. So figure out where your gym is for your mind, because it's usually your thoughts that throw you off. (laughs) <laughs> this is so off topic <laughs> I'm sorry I told my friend that you were come. You know I was going to see you And uh, they were like What you guys You know it's Friday night What you guys going to have some wine Some drinks I was like We kind of like We're like tea people <laughs> <laughs> I was like Yeah we're kind of like We kind of like Our thing is kind of like tea They're like I don't believe it. I'm like seriously Like no we <laughs> I just thought about that when I just saw you sipping your tea. Like, <laughs> but back back to the subject at hand. Like, I love that a, a, a gem for your mind. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Is it the Black Health Academy? Like, where you go? Where you right, go? <laughs> right. Right. Where honestly, where do you where do you go? And 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 also, where do you escape? You know, because people have the beat down from their boss and the beat down from their kids. Do you even have a place where you can kind of like a retreat, you know, retreat from, from everything Mm -hmm. and say, 
okay, I'm going to give myself just this five minutes. Do you even know how to, to, to get away mentally? Right, to clock out. Yeah. Clock, yeah, because even if you do it physically, like I'm going to go to my room. Some people go to their room, they're all alone in their room, and they're still ranting about what just happened on the other side of that door. Like, do you really, do you, what, like, where's your gym at? Like you said, I love that. Yeah. I really love that. Do you meditate? Do you do yoga? Right. Do you journal? Do you, do you practice daily gratitude? Right. Breathing exercises, visualization exercises, affirmation exercises. What is your gym for your mind? Because why people just assume that I'll be ready if something happens in life, you know, a tragedy happens, somebody close to you gets taken away from you, you know, abruptly, uh, illness, either with yourself or somebody close to you, a house fire, uh, finance, some of us are one emergency away from financial ruin. And, you know, it's one thing to navigate that thing physically, right? But how do you navigate it psychologically and emotionally? You might physically survive that thing, but, you know, what toll is it taking on your spouse and your kids because you can't manage your emotions or you can't maintain some sense of sanity, you know, because you haven't prepared yourself for life. Exactly. You know, and so it, that that practice is, I've learned so much about myself just in this semester of school with how I deal with stress and burdens. And, you know, you and I were talking offline about how I'm navigating it because I've been practicing for this moment for the past several months, not knowing that this moment was coming, but I've been practicing for this level of stress. You know, it's so funny that we're like in the same kind of thing. We're both going through things that, that kind of makes us feel a lot of stress. And I'm not going to lie, like maybe about four weeks ago, I was like, I'm so, so, I feel so stressed. I was like, I should really, um, Ask my therapist for some Xanax. Remember, I was taking yes. my mother passed, and I was like, "Jay, you don't put you don't put stuff like that in your body. You know how to manage your stress. You know that the gym is your. You know how to you know how to go to the gym right. and like run it out. You know how to meditate. You know how to like. You don't need that. Yeah, you, you know how to call your squad. You're never going back to that. Yes, and it's because. Staying, staying ready, staying in practice. Like, you know, now that stressful moment is here. And it's like, no, I, I know how to, ma I know how to navigate around this. Yes. And it really is true. I'm telling you, practice staying ready. And it seems so ridiculous. How am I practice for a house fire? Or how am I practice for a, a divorce? Or how am I practice for a, a layoff? Or how am I going to practice for, you know, being in school and running two companies? Like, right. how, how, how I'm going to practice that? Yep. Yeah, but really, really, you and know, self-awareness, yes. um, you know, patience, patience, positive thinking, affirmation, all that stuff. Like it really, really works. I mean, we're both, like you said, knee deep and stuff right now. And we're just like, look at us. You yeah. know what I mean? Staying on top of the game and not succumbing to the stress or the weight gain. And it's not faking it to make it. It's really like, okay, I got this. It's yeah. not like, oh, when you leave out the door, I'm going to slide down to the ground or, and, yeah, and cry in my car for two hours. No. <laughs> it's like, no, literally, I have my moments when the stress just hits me, and then it, and I, but I know how to pull it back. Down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that was a long way around consistency, but really, consistency <laughs> is not just about the physical. It's definitely about the mental. And so the last letter in chance is E, and that is environment. 
environment. Listen, this weight loss formula would not be complete without us addressing the importance of your environment. Yeah, um, I think I think it goes along the same lines of nutrition. You know what not to do. You know who not to be around. You know who doesn't um, motivate you because that's your environment. You know that one friend that said, you tried that last time, it didn't work. Well, girl, what makes you think you can do it? That's your environment. Um, you know, going to, like I said, work, and it's the free donate donut, you know, whatever, Wednesday. That's your environment. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of navigate your environment. Certain things you can't avoid, but your environment definitely affects your weight loss directly. Right. And like we say in our in our um, pledge, you know, I will control the things that which is in my control. And um, you there are certain situations that you can choose not to be in mm-hmm. because you're not strong enough yet. So, you know, changing your environment starts with a little bit of self-awareness mm-hmm. because you have to know what you're not strong enough to endure. Right. Absolutely. Before you can even think about, okay, I don't belong in that space Mm because I'm only four days off of sugar and you want me to go where to a bar with alcohol and free cupcakes. I can't. Right. You know, and unfortunately, it's going to require you to say no to some things because you haven't built up that credibility yet in your journey to be able to afford to endure that. So your environment includes you know people you're around it includes you know some workspaces it includes events you know but you have to make choices um in those moments and decide whether or not they're in line with your goals now you know we also preach about losing weight it's not about necessarily turning your whole life upside down and inside out but depending on where you are in your journey it's going to require some changes right you may say oh my god but you know we me and the girls we or the we have peace at night every such and such or we do wine and then hey you know, maybe there's another suggestion you can make. Maybe when it um, comes to meetings, like lately when I have to set meetings with people, I stop setting them at restaurants or coffee shops. Let's have a walking meeting. Right. Let's have, you know, go out by the water or let me come, you know, whatever. Um, change your environment because you're not strong enough yet. So stop meeting for happy hour to close that deal and, you know, just make another suggestion. So you can change your environment and people will understand. Will they? People may not understand. (laughs) Does it matter? No, it doesn't. It doesn't matter. Not at all. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, so chance. I love love chance. Yeah, yeah. This is so awesome. Yeah, it is, definitely. And you can always refer to it. It's it's easy to remember. So, and... Take a chance on yourself. Take a so chance. So what? It didn't work the first five times, ten times, however many times. It. Guess what? When I said I wanted to stop wearing those oversized shirts and, and blazers because I was tired of a big stomach, guess how many times it didn't work for me? A lot of times. I remember when two friends of mine came over, and they had all this. They was about to go to the store, and they were like, okay, what do you want? And I remember like, I was like, no, I don't want any chips. I don't want anything. I don't want any pop. I was like, I'm, I'm trying to lose this stomach. And they were like, okay, Jay, yeah, whatever. You said that before. And sure enough, like a week later, I was right back to eating chips and pops and, and everything. But look where I am now. Right. Look where I am now. It, it, and I'm not even just talking about the physical. I'm talking about the, the part of me that's like, pop, why would I? Chips, you know. I'm not going to make that part of my regular lifestyle. Like, I literally got over the type. The old me had to go. 
I had to adapt to a new and adjust to a new mindset. But I'm not that, and I failed many times before. Yes. Many times. Yes. So, yep. you know, it's all about your environment. Let's just, let's just run it back real quick. Yeah, so absolutely. So our formula for weight loss here at the Black Health Academy is called CHANCE. And that's C, collaborate. H, high-intensity interval training. A, appreciate. N, nutrition. C, consistency. And E, environment. Love it, love it, love it, love it. <laughs> take a chance on yourself today. On yourself. So with that being said, let's take the pledge. As always, uh, we're going to be taking this Black Health Academy pledge at the end of every episode. We introduced this pledge on the very last episode, guys. It's up on the Black Health Academy website um, when you just click on the podcast from the homepage. So if you... Uh, if this pledge resonates with you, if you want to hear it more than once every other week, um, if there's something that you feel like you need to post and recite to get you through your goals, please, you know, join us in taking this pledge because, you know, the conversation that you have with yourself is the most important conversation you'll ever have. Again, if you're in the market to learn more about plant-based nutrition, to eradicate some common chronic diseases, that you or your family are enduring, or if you're in the mood for a complete mindset shift, please join us over at theblackhealthacademy.com. That's theblackhealthacademy.com. You can join the academy, um, enroll for our monthly masterclasses, as well as our monthly workout and exercise videos and our plant-based nutritional instructional videos. We have an entire plant-based nutrition recipe guide we have masterclasses featuring a ton of different uh, African-American physicians from a wealth of different genres. So there's a lot of information and content in the Black Health Academy to help you get started. If you feel like you need to up-level and you need a, a coach with one-on-one -on -one customized programming, then you can join me over at Professionally Fit. So that's the professionallyfit.co if you need one-to-one -one coaching and the blackhealthacademy.com if you just need to enroll in some masterclasses and get content to help you you on your journey so with that we're gonna recite the black health academy pledge and then we're gonna take you out with kendrick lamar and dna <laughs> okay <laughs> all right i the black health academy pledge to honor my mind and body with nourishment movement and intentional mindfulness my health and that of my kin are amongst my highest priority I will control that which is within my control. I am the sole driver of what lays the foundation of my body, mind, soul, and spirit. And I am determining that giving up is not an option. My destiny is my doing. My life depends on it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Black Health Academy podcast. And we will see you back here in two weeks with another episode, be sure to join our mailing list at theblackhealthacademy.com to join the community, get in on the conversation, and jumpstart your health and wellness oh, journey. By the way, I just wanted to tell you how proud I am of you starting <laughs> the Black Health Academy. Oh my God, I was about to spill this drink. But yeah, I'm super proud of you. You know, I know a lot of people don't know how much you know, work. I got, I got, I got, I got oh, never mind. <laughs> oh, I can't get my appreciation. <laughs>